Welcome once again to the We Tackle Life podcast, once again from the radio studios of 98.9 The Answer, home of the Bruce Hooley Show. I am Bruce Hooley, and I'm glad to have you with me on the day before Ohio State begins its 2021 season and a push toward the national championship that has eluded the Buckeyes since 2014. I saw a poll that has Ohio State a 61% chance of making the college football playoff. I will tell you right now, I think they have a much better than 61% chance of making the four-team playoff. They were listed in terms of percentage chance behind Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma. I would give Ohio State a better chance at this point in time of making the playoff than really everybody because Clemson's got to open with Georgia. Bama's in the SEC. Oklahoma is Oklahoma, and their defense is unproven. And Ohio State is in the Big Ten. They're not going to lose tomorrow night at Minnesota. If they do not lose in Week 2 to Oregon, they are not going to lose, period. And if they don't lose, period, or even if they lose only to Oregon, they are going to be in the college football playoff. So with that, welcome to a Friday edition, not a Friday edition, a Wednesday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. Do you ever have something on your personal schedule that so dominates your personal schedule that you tend to fast forward to that day in your mind when it is still a different day. Uh, Friday, I will be in Arizona. So I doubt Friday where, whether there will be a We Tackle Life podcast. I will try to do one from Arizona, but I will be there for a ceremony honoring my father-in-law, who's a wonderful man, a uh, definite role model for me as a husband, as a father, as a Christian leader of his family. He's having a building named after him. Kind of a big deal on the campus where he used to work. So uh, I will be there to uh, watch him receive that very well-deserved honor, and I'm looking forward to seeing that on Friday. So may not have a post-game podcast for you, but I will endeavor to do one. We'll just see if it's possible for me to get that done or not. Okay. Thanks to those who support the podcast by ordering from HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com a great, great, great friend of the We Tackle Life podcast and of the Bruce Hooley Show. They like podcasts at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. They sponsor both my Bruce Hooley Show podcast and the We Tackle Life podcast. And you'll be a great, great fan of their coffee. And I know of their mission because they buy their coffee direct from growers around the world, ship it here, roast it here, send it to you, free shipping on orders of $30 or more, and you can order and get more for your money by using the promo code WeTackleLife at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Now, when you use that promo code, uh, put it in all caps just to make sure you don't encounter any difficulties with getting your 15% discount, but you will love their coffee, whether you order a flavored coffee, whether you order a dark roast, whether you get it light, medium roast, K-cups, whole bean, however you want it. You can grind it yourself if you like. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Every bean hand-picked lovingly by hands across the world, Indonesia, Nicaragua, Thailand, Ethiopia, and other countries. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Cannot say enough great things about HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Okay, Buckeye opener against Minnesota. I was thinking about how could I freshen my approach to this game, and I think what I will do is I will predict who Ohio State's leading rusher will be, and who Ohio State's top finisher in the Heisman Trophy will be. I will take, 
I didn't desert him early in his career. I will not desert him now. Master Teague as my leading rusher. Yes, I know. You're all enamored with Mayan Williams. He got the Coglin Chevrolet car and Master Teague did not. You're all enamored with Travion Henderson. He's a recruit freshman. Uh, new is better than old, always in the minds of most fans everywhere. But I will take Master Teague. I will take Master Teague because... A, I think their offensive line is going to be really good. B, because I think he has worked very hard and will earn it, and Ryan Day tends to reward hard work from upperclassmen. And B, and C, because I just thought the guy was tremendous last year, and I think he is on the cusp of having a breakthrough-type season. I have seen backs before, not that I'm comparing him to this guy, but I have seen backs before that people thought, oh, they can't break away, they don't break enough big plays, the other guy behind him is better, and then that guy who is just a really good, solid back turned out to be something very, very special. The classic case of that, of course, is Eddie George, but I'm not saying Master Teague's another Eddie George. Don't be putting that headline out there. I'm just saying Master Teague is going to be my pick for the leading rusher, and I think will surprise you this year with the kind of year he turns in. Now, as for Ohio State's top Heisman Trophy finisher, boy, I'd really be going off the board if I took Master Teague, wouldn't I? Uh, But I know the popular thinking would favor either C.J. Stroud or Chris Olave. I'm going to go off the board And I'm going to pick Garrett Wilson. Now, I know that's a bit risky because there are a lot of receivers and they will spread the ball around and C.J. Stroud will throw to the open man. And so C.J. Stroud is going to get credit for every touchdown pass that he throws. And, of course, Garrett Wilson is only going to get credit for the ones that he catches. But I am going to bet that Garrett Wilson will be so impressive in one of these first two games that Ohio State has that will have the attention of the national audience Thursday night on Fox and against Oregon, that Garrett Wilson will establish himself as the name that people think of when they think of the Ohio State football Buckeyes. And so I will take Garrett Wilson in my personal Ohio State Heisman Trophy poll. And yes, I am still the state chairman for the Heisman Trophy vote. So I will have a vote. And I'm not saying now that I'm committing to giving it to Garrett Wilson because, of course, I Do not vote my uh, Ohio State uh, graduate status when I vote. I vote for the best player. I don't think Garrett Wilson will win the Heisman, but I think he will be Ohio State's highest vote-getter in that competition. A reminder that Willis Spangler Starling is the highest vote-getter in my competition for the best law firm in town. That's why I am a client of Willis Spangler Starling and why I think you should be a client of Willis Spangler Starling. If you want somebody that you can trust that has unimpeachable integrity, character, acumen, and expertise, you want the team at Willis Spangler Starling. They are expanding, they are growing, but they are not growing too big for their britches. No, they are not. That's a saying from back in the day on the farm. They are good people, they are humble people, they are servant-oriented people, and more importantly, most importantly, they are honest people. So when you need representation on a legal matter, whether you've been infringed upon or someone is trying to get over on you in court, you want the attorneys at Willis Spangler Starling on your team. 
Truman Boulevard in Hilliard, just north of Mill Run. Personal injury, wills estate planning, probate, you name it, they do it with distinction at Willis, W-I-L-L-I-S, WillisSpanglerStarling.com. Okay, a big hullabaloo has occurred in the state of Ohio because of a purported high school football team called Bishop Sycamore. Bishop Sycamore played on ESPN Sunday against IMG Academy. Nobody doubts the bona fides of IMG Academy. They are legit. They have a bunch of five-star prospects, four-star prospects, and many three-star prospects. They have been around for a long time. They have the IMG name behind them, the IMG money behind them. IMG Academy, legit. Bishop Sycamore, when I heard they were playing IMG Academy, I was like, I've never heard of Bishop Sycamore. Oh, they're from Columbus. They are? Mm, I don't think so. I think they're from Cincinnati, maybe, because I've heard of Cincinnati Sycamore, and I thought, maybe I didn't know that there was Bishop Sycamore. No, this is a different deal. This appears to be, from all the reports that are happening and the investigation that's happening now, because they lost 58 to nothing to IMG in a game where we had the oddity of ESPN commentators ripping a high school team playing on ESPN. How they got on ESPN, I guess you have to congratulate the Bishop Sycamore people for duping ESPN into thinking they were a legit program. They do not appear to be a legit program. They appear to be some kind of a bogus charter school way to have a football team with a bunch of guys from a bunch of different places and play games against big-name opponents, probably grab hefty guarantees for playing the likes of Cleveland St. Ignatius, Akron Hoban, and others. But the jig is up when you play on Friday night and then turn around and play on Sunday afternoon. And that is what Bishop Sycamore did. So now Mike DeWine's looking into him. State Department of Education's looking into him. Reporters across the country are looking into him. ESPN's looking into him. Uh, And the coach has been fired. And there will be more fallout from this Bishop Sycamore scenario that's happened that has certainly given uh, ESPN a black eye and will no doubt smoke out other guys who are grabbing money off the top as these kinds of games are arranged for TV purposes or other purposes. <laughs> That's really a wild story. I'm like, Bishop Sycamore, what? They got, and they got smoked by Hoban, so I knew that IMG was going to smoke them. I'm actually surprised it was only 58 to nothing. Maybe IMG called off the dogs, but it's not like IMG has crappy players over there that they can throw in. They don't have bad backups at IMG. They have good players and guys who are paying a lot of money to go to that school, so... Bishop Sycamore, they are not what they purport to be, and uh, they are found out and will be found out to an even greater degree, I am sure, in the days ahead. If you'd like to find out how you can line up better benefits for your employees, the answer is auiinfo.com. auiinfo.com, great company, wonderful people, 17 employees strong. They specialize in helping you locate an insurance package for your employees that will serve your employees' needs. Life, vision, dental, health, you name it, they've got it. They don't offer the policies. They know who does. They tell you who the options are. You select the options. And guess what? The best part? The options you select pay AUI. Nowhere in that equation did I say you pay AUI because you don't. 
Not the first time, not the fifth time, not the tenth time, not ever. They also offer a dedicated HR specialist to help you answer your questions about state code compliance. What do I do with a COVID-scared employee? What do I do with a COVID-bold uh, employee? I've got employees who insist we wear masks. I've got employees who say they don't want to wear masks. What can I do to bridge this gap? What are the state rules and regulations? They can answer all that for you. They're a resource that will prevent you from committing an HR jackpot that could get your business taken away from you. So do not sleep on the free advice, insight, analysis, and expertise at auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. Today, as I was preparing this podcast, I saw a headline that former Ohio State quarterback Arch Schleister, yes, we're in the Wayback Machine now, kids, former Ohio State quarterback Arch Schleister is out of prison. Arch Schleister is 61 years old. He has spent two of his six decades on earth in prison, which is very sad. If you uh, know the legend of Arch Schleister, farm boy quarterback, Bloomingburg, Ohio, Miami Trace High School, All-State in basketball, All-State in football. The guy who was a must-get for Woody Hayes, Woody got him. And some would say he got Woody fired because, you know, Ohio State had to finally pass the ball when you have a quarterback like Arch Schleister. And Art threw the interception that Charlie Bowman grabbed in the Gator Bowl, which resulted in Woody Hayes uh, helping him up, as Chris Spielman used to say, (laughs) helping Charlie Bowman to his feet with a punch under the neck. And... uh, The next year, Earl Bruce came in, and Art took the Buckeyes to an undefeated regular season, the Rose Bowl, and within a point of beating USC and winning the national championship. Unfortunately, his career unraveled from there. He was enamored with going to the horse track and betting and gambling proved to be an insidious part of Art's life. He could not shake his compulsive gambling. Fourth overall pick in the NFL draft by the Indianapolis Colts. Um, You know, lost his career because of gambling. And got out of prison, did sports talk in Cincinnati and Columbus for a while. Was always prone to lapse back into bilking people out of their money and stealing money from people and committing crimes like that. And so Art's been in federal prison and he's been paroled. So uh, he's a felony offender. He's not allowed to uh, do certain things. But my fear is, I really hope, I really, really hope for Art that he finds peace in his life and finds the willpower to not be sucked back into gambling. Um, It's a really sad story. When you dig into the end of his parents' marriage and his father's suicide, and man, it's just a hard story. Um, Art's had some drug issues. Uh, He's... He's betrayed a lot of trust from a lot of people over the years. And I just don't wish any ill on him. And it's sad that he has had this life. So that's it. And um, he's out. I hope he stays out. Um, But I got to say, I'm not optimistic that he will. Just because I think this is such, has such a hold on him that... uh, I just hope he can overcome it. I'll say that. I just hope he can overcome it. 
Uh, okay, speaking of investigations, uh, Art, for the moment, is not under any investigation. But guess who is? Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is under investigation by the NFL. No, not for, <laughs> not for any of the things that got him suspended at Ohio State for three games a couple of years ago. Uh, Urban Meyer is under investigation by the NFL Players Association, not because of his practices being too hard or hitting when you're not allowed to hit. I think he's already done that. For cutting guys who were unvaccinated. The NFL has this weird kind of dichotomy going on. Word of the day, kids, dichotomy. You must get vaccinated to not be treated as if you are a uh, person with leprosy. But if you are not vaccinated, the coaches are not allowed to say that that is a factor in cutting you. Uh, which, if you're going to have to forfeit because you have guys with COVID, and hear me now, and you believe being vaccinated keeps you from getting COVID, because you'd have to believe that in order to prioritize vaccination as a way to keep your team from testing positive for COVID. Now, and I traffic in a lot of COVID stuff every day uh, on my news talk show on 98.9 The Answer. I don't believe that the um, immunity of the vaccine is nearly as significant keeping you from getting COVID as it is keeping you from dying with COVID. You can get COVID if you've been vaccinated. Many people get COVID even though they've been vaccinated. You are likely not to die if you've been vaccinated. But I would say now at this point in time, as long as COVID's been around, unless you're super, super obese, unless you're immunocompromised, emphysema, something like that, you're probably not dying of COVID anyway. Um, unless you're, you know, really, really old. If you're really old, really overweight, and have a comorbidity in some other area, yeah, you're in serious danger of dying of COVID or if you get it. But Urban said he and his general manager, Trent Balky, took their players' vaccination status into consideration during final cuts. He said the quiet part out loud. He said that on the record. And I understand why he would do that because, hey, if we're going to have to forfeit a game because we got guys with COVID, then let's get guys who will do whatever it takes not to get COVID. And if you're of the mindset that being vaccinated helps prevent that, well, then I see why you'd prize guys who are vaccinated. Here's the quote from Urban. Everyone was considered that, meaning vaccination, was part of the consideration such as production. Let's start talking about this. And also, is he vaccinated or not? Can I say that was a decision maker? It was certainly in consideration. Well, as you might imagine, the NFL Players Association did not like that. They are pushing back against that. And I'm, I'm guessing uh, he'll get fined for that. Maybe a significant amount of money. Uh, here's Urban talking about defensive end Josh Allen who was afflicted with COVID in late August and just now came off the COVID list. He has not said whether or not he's vaccinated, but he has been wearing a mask to his interviews. Not Urban, this other guy, Josh Allen. So here's Urban talking about Josh Allen. Well, Josh Allen's never had it. 
He's not played in two weeks, so he's never had COVID. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but he's never had COVID, so that's pretty punitive. So he must have gotten sat down because of contact tracing. The NFL's rules are they're, they're political theater. They just are. Um, these are big, strong, elite athletes. I get you want to put a guy on the shelf because he has COVID and you're afraid he'll give other guys COVID. But these guys are not dying of COVID. They're just not. No NFL player is going to die of COVID. Forget that. Well, there could be a fat NFL player, I guess, who might. Some of these defensive linemen, I see their bellies hanging over their pants. I suppose maybe that's possible. But Urban, here's the problem. He's always been a guy who has not fudged on anything. That was why he was such a breath of fresh air from previous Ohio State coaches. You ask Urban about his wide receivers, he'd say, they're a, what did he say, dumpster fire? Train wreck, dumpster fire, something like that when he first got here. He's never been shy about saying what's on his mind. Well, now, hmm, saying what's on your mind or saying what definitely led to your decision on something like a cut of a player. There's no players association in college football. Let's just put it that way. Okay. There might be one, one day, given the fact that all these guys are going to be making tons and tons of money, but there isn't one now, which by the way, speaking of guys making tons and tons of money, did you see what name image and likeness has brought about in the life of OSU at this point, fourth-team quarterback, Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers is signing a $1.4 million deal to sign autographs. To sign autographs. He signed with the Action... Uh, no, he signed with... What's the name of the company? Now oh, the name of the company is uh, not necessarily important. So... They're paying this kid a multi-year deal with Quinn Ewers $1.4 million to sign autographs for three years. So I'm just asking, how do you monetize that? I know Ohio State fans are nuts. I know they want Quinn Ewers' autograph. I get it. $1.4 million? Usually you want back two for one on your investment in an asset. Are you telling me Quinn Ewers' autographs? are going to fetch almost $3 million in three years? A million dollars a year? People are going to pay for autographs by Quinn Ewers? Now, now listen, I'm not saying this applies to Quinn Ewers. I'm saying, what would Tate Martell have fetched on the name, image, and likeness market as an Ohio State recruit coming in with all the hullabaloo that he had? He probably wouldn't have gotten this kind of a deal because you got to look at Ewers as a guy who's probably more NFL worthy given his height. But everybody in Ohio was all fired up about Tate Martell. And everybody in Ohio is understandably fired up about Quinn Ewers. But with C.J. Stroud being the starter, there's no guarantee this kid will ever play for Ohio State. And if he transfers, I, I would love to see a study sometime. Maybe in the next five years, we'll see a study. Percentage of guys who transfer, and I don't know how you'd equate whether it worked out for them or not. Did they become a starter at their second home? Did they get drafted at their second home? Quinn Ewers, would you bet now, would you bet money? Would you? How much would you bet? What kind of odds would you take 
to bet that Quinn Ewers finishes his Ohio State career, finishes his college career as an Ohio State Buckeye. What do you think? If C.J. Stroud plays this year and next year, do you think Quinn Ewers is going to wait around until 2023 to play college football? (laughs) I don't. And I don't mean that like I'm not trying to cause any problems in the program or anything like that, and I have no personal knowledge of whether he will or not. I'm just saying with the way these guys want to go and play and jump right in, Joe Milton from Michigan is starting at Tennessee if a moderately talented guy like Joe Milton can show up at an SEC school like Tennessee and step right into the starting spot, you got to believe Quinn Ewers will find a place next year where he can go and play if C.J. Stroud throws 45 touchdown passes and is the starter at Ohio State. So I just don't understand. I, again, I'll come back to it. The thing about NIL is that nobody understands it right now. It's too young to be understood. They are, in my opinion, so overvaluing these guys' Uh, worth to their businesses. Now, again, like on this Coglin Chevrolet deal where they gave cars to six Ohio State Buckeyes, including Mayan Williams, I'm like, Mayan Williams might be their third team running back. There, I'm sure, is a level of marketing to this that adds value to a business that I don't understand. I can't imagine how you would ever re, you know, ever reap uh a $30,000 investment in Mayan Williams. And if he got a new car, it's probably a $40,000 investment. So I'm trying to bag on Mayan Williams. I'm just saying that makes no sense to me. Haskell Garrett is going to sell that many cars for Coglin Chevrolet? I mean, whatever. I don't know. Maybe they got a skybox out of it to entertain clients. But uh, the whole thing seems goofy to me. Uh, I will allow that I thought the Big Ten Network would be a bust. And even though its programming was sheer crap for like the first two years, it's obviously made teams in the conference a lot of money. So I don't, I, I know that I, there are things I don't know, and this might be one of them, but how you're going to monetize Quinn Ewers at $1.4 million a year over the next three years, good luck. Good luck. That's a lot of autographs. What if Quinn Ewers can't play because, well, I was signing so many autographs that I got carpal tunnel, and now I can't grip the football. Ooh, that would be the collision between name, image, and likeness and the reason why he's here. <laughs> we'll stand by. And wait and see if that ever develops. Uh, with that, it's time for me to do a faith portion of the podcast. I have been thinking about the Afghanistan situation in many different ways. And so let me just reflect on the Afghanistan situation through a scriptural prism. Understand I'm not predicting, but I'm also not eliminating the possibility. Number one, I believe that we as a nation were divinely inspired. I believe that God put his hand on our founders. And if you go back and read the founders' comments, you will find that they had a real respect for the things of God. And so it's sad for me to see us surrender, and that's exactly what we did, in Afghanistan because um, the prevailing attitude in Afghanistan is an attitude that is not um, is not a Christian it is not a Christian country I'm not making the case that America is a Christian country but I am making the case that America has uh, more of a 
elevation, esteem, and recognition of God uh, as he is than the Taliban does. I believe the battle between the United States of America and Muslim extremists is a battle between good and evil. People who would kill um, innocent women, children. Uh, In the quest to make a political point, people who would blow up 13 American service members, that is the epitome of evil. So first and foremost, uh, the battle is one of good and evil. And as Christians, we can never uh, shrink from standing for good. So that's one reason I'm sad about Afghanistan. I'm also sad about Afghanistan because for the first time in my life, there's, in my opinion, something that the United States has done at the presidential and command level that is a shameful action. There are many times that war crimes have been committed uh, by American soldiers. I'm sure you can write to me about the My Lai Massacre and many other things. But in terms of a purposeful decision by a president and his top generals to leave American citizens behind, um, I cannot think of anything that even comes close to equating to that. So, why does that bother me so much? It bothers me so much because you cannot read the Gospels without reading sometimes to a bothersome degree, how many times Jesus talks about, in this world you will have trouble. Now, you can say, well, you're a big softy. You don't want to have trouble in the world. No, I don't really want to have trouble. I know we are going to have trouble. More so, I'm bothered by the fact that I think my kids will have a lot more trouble than I will have as our society continues to slide into uh, the abyss that it is unquestionably sliding into now. And I wonder about their future in a country that just now has willfully left American citizens behind. If it will uh, do that to American citizens in Afghanistan, are we that far removed from a day where our government might do that to citizens on our own shores? And if so, what citizens might be targeted? I think it is not a ludicrous stretch to think that ideologies that are out of vogue would make you vulnerable. And I cannot see an ideology on the horizon that could be more out of vogue in the United States of America than Christianity, because Christianity calls for uh, obedience, morality, uh, one way to heaven through Jesus Christ at the cross. I can see that being branded intolerant. I can see that being branded hateful. It already is in many quarters. I don't say any of this to bemoan that possibility for me. I know what I believe. I know why I believe it. I am rock solid in my belief that uh, God will never leave me or forsake me to take heart that, as Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. But in my humanness, I do have 
a concern and a preference <laughs> for sparing my children suffering and persecution if I can. And I would be less than honest with you if I didn't say that that is on my mind as I ponder a future where I will not be either around or capable of defending my children. So those are some of the thoughts that I have as we encounter this Afghanistan situation. I appreciate your time very much today. I will try to do a podcast in the aftermath of the Buckeyes game on Thursday. If not, I will talk to you on the first of next week at some point here on the We Tackle Life podcast.